0: You're listening to the NCF&B Podcast. Tell your friends to find us on iTunes at NCF&B Podcast. And remember, the ampersand is simply shift the number 7 on your keyboard. And share our website, ncfbpodcast.com. There you'll find pictures, show notes between shows, and links to content where we've discussed on each episode. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at ncfbpod. This show is sponsored by food Scene. that's food seencom providing professional photography, social media management, website design, and graphic design services for the food and beverage industries of North Carolina. FoodScene.com. And now, enjoy the show.
1: Hello, and thank you for listening to the NCFMB podcast. I am your co host, Max Trujillo. And
2: I am your co host, Matthew Weiss. Today on the podcast, we have a Durham local extraordinaire entrepreneur team, Melissa and Lee Katrinsic. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having us. Yeah. Get that that clap up on the mic. The
2: gallery is going crazy.
1: (laughs) Keep it down back there. Yeah.
2: So it's. Pretty well known that you guys are the owners and proprietors and distiller of Durham Distillery. Well known yes, for your indeed. gins here in uh, Durham, North Carolina. And uh, well, you guys make gin. For, first and foremost, there's some other liquors there and stuff like that. So right. why don't we start with the story? Um,
1: oh, Lee, can you were... Can oh, I, you can I, I just got to butt story. in real quick. Lee, mm-hmm. finish this sentence. Get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to get it on mandate get it on yes i've been wanting to do that for like weeks now yeah.
3: um, to please all, explain
1: everyone else is looking around like what the hell just happened uh as i take a sip out of my don't do your best do my best adam carolla coffee mug yes that's right any of you ace holes out there know what i'm talking about but lee and i over cocktails one day admitted that we both have listened to the old adam carolla podcast at times and what mm-hmm. we both just did our little one-two was yeah. um adam's uh opening intro to his podcast that he's done for now eight years.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. Gotcha. Yeah. And he's, uh, you know, very inspiring. Uh, yeah. So. He is. I mean, yeah. he
1: gets he gets a bad rap every now and then for being, like, semi-conservative and whatever. But I think, like, I don't know. He's just, he's 52 or yeah. whatever. So yeah, what are you going right. to do? Right. But uh, And then he wrote on the Oscars this weekend, which was pretty cool. Got a bunch of jokes on there. So yeah. that's the, uh, all right, that's all I'm yep. going to say okay, about Adam yeah. Kroll. <laughs> I always talk about Adam Kroll. Everyone's like, enough right, of Adam Kroll. <laughs> yeah. But let's you get into
4: it
3: every day, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Me too. Got the the. <laughs> well, after the NCFMB podcast, yes. Right. <laughs> nice. It's a good <laughs> one it's one-two right. mm-hmm. like, <laughs>
2: Why you got the vapor infusion ro- ro- yeah. going? You got the you got Adam Parola yes. playing. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe if you guys send him a case of your awesome gin, he can come on, and you guys you can be like my guest host. We'll kick Matt out for the weekend. And I'll we'll take get Corolla on, and you and I will interview the ace. I think
3: that's a great idea. I keep thinking back to the story he told with a, a dog shitting on the plane. And he, <laughs> and he kept saying to uh, get the gin... Uh, you know, oh, from, yeah. from the from the stash on the plane and put the gin on it to help kill it. So I was going to see send him, idea. Yeah, send him the gin and say shit hey, cover you, gin. Yeah, this, well, this is some gin you don't <laughs> want to put oh, gotcha. you know put on dog shit on a plane. <laughs> yeah. you
1: know, so. I could think of some yeah. gins I'd like yeah. to pour on some yeah. dog shit. But not Durham yeah. Distillery's yeah. conniption yeah. Navy Strength right. Gin.
2: Yeah. So let's jump into the gin story. There's great history to this spirit, but we're here first and foremost to talk about your story. So the story goes. Uh, Lee, you were in pharmaceuticals. You you were a, a scientist. Mm-hmm. And Melissa, you were in marketing, but also for pharmaceuticals as well.
4: Yeah, and also CPG, yeah, consumer and, products. Okay, mm-hmm. so
1: you've basically been drug dealers for the beginning till now. Yeah, just you changed I, the type yeah, of drug.
3: I still do my day dealing, drug dealing. But <laughs> right. Yeah, I still work my day job. And, yeah, uh, Breaking but, Bad was
2: actually after you, just not the science teacher right, part. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So. Um, so the story goes, and correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, you were driving back from Savannah, Georgia. That's Melissa, right. you knew that you were going to be laid off from your current role at some point. That's right. And you turned to Lee and said, let's make gin.
4: Yeah, that's the short version of okay. it. Okay, yeah, give us we, a long version. <laughs> we were always trying to figure out what we could do together. Yeah. Um, so when we had taken a trip out to Napa Valley for our 10-year wedding anniversary, which was five years ago at this point, um, we really always were enjoyed gin, uh, gin and as well as wines. And so on that trip, we just realized that owning a winery, as much as it was sort of like an, a nice fun dream idea, didn't really authentically fit us. We're not farmers and it's, you know, wines are so complex. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that whole weekend we were kind of talking through what the next steps could be. Um, just because I didn't want to move the family for my position. And so I was looking at, um, chief digital officer roles. So my mm-hmm. background's digital marketing. Okay. I started in digital marketing 20 years ago before, you know, right as the internet was getting going. And so I worked agency side. You were a pioneer of uh, digital marketing. I, I was, yeah, I was a Java developer out of school and I sucked at it. <laughs> were um, your ads
1: like, this is the power button on your <laughs> Apple IIe. <2E. laughs>
4: Turn it, it much on. Yeah, I mean, it's like the first version of Yahoo is what, you know, so...
1: Hey um, Lycos listener or yeah, Lycos yeah. service provider. <laughs> yeah. Get on your AOL All the account. Alt groups, yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Okay, so we're nerding out for a
1: yeah.
4: bit. <laughs> um but I then I went into to actual digital marketing side of it, which I really enjoyed. So but anyway, chief digital officer roles are just not very frequent. Yeah, they're not
2: handing them they're out. Not, on like the they're not. And so
4: um, and the tenure of those are really only three to five years because they usually report into the chief marketing officer and a chief marketing officer is not usually longer than five years in that position. So it was like, why would we move the family for a job that would only be about five years as well as would be over 60 hours a week? Right. Um, and we have two little boys and I didn't want to miss their childhood for for my job. Right. So we talked through it all weekend. We didn't really know, but whenever we would travel, um, we would try to go and try new gins, and we would go into the liquor stores see what we hadn't seen yet. And we did that in Savannah as well. And we think I think we picked up like three or four bottles, uh, and um, it was it was really a light bulb moment. So I guess it was working in the subconscious for a little bit. But mm-hmm. we were he was driving. We were on i nInety five. And I looked at gin in your hand. I know, probably. <laughs> and I, I looked over at him and I said, Why don't we make gin? And he just busted out laughing <laughs> yeah
3: she's had, she's had a lot of um other ideas kind of oh, kind of no. fizzle out so like all right this will eventually go away but uh, but there was it, no it mention not... of
2: that before there was just the no, buying and no, no. trying of
3: different gins no. right and then it
2: was gin because it said that you used to like grab uh, the olive out of your grandfather's That's martini right. at night yeah, my, okay he would
4: have a nightly gin martini it was either gordon's or if he was being fancy he might have tangeree Ooh. Yeah.
2: No but, beef eater. But let's
4: put this in perspective. No beef eater was there, too, yeah.
1: Okay. Like, if Lee was a garbage man, you probably wouldn't have said... I wouldn't have. Hey, right. let's make some gin. But right. a lot of it kind of stems from the fact that you've got a scientist. Right. R- right. You have a nerd that you're married to <laughs> right. that knows a yeah. ton of things. <laughs> That's yeah right. So, no
4: one's quite and put it like
1: that before, but yeah,
3: you're probably right. I think yeah.
4: we're fellow nerds, really. Yeah. 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 Oh, I mean, no, I got yeah. that.
3: Yeah.
1: So. But... <laughs> I'm kidding. No, <laughs> but... It's but I mean, Obviously, like, it the inspiration came because you knew each other's skill sets and you knew, like, this could actually really happen.
2: Right. We could figure out how to make gin.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. That's really And you know how to market it. Right. And it was always about, you know, how do we bring something that is a joint passion where we can be true partners? And I feel like this distillery is really, it's given us each our own ability to shine
3: yeah yeah. and we felt like with the high tech RTP area as well, that we could do this, you know, marriage of art and science, you know, where where you know we could talk about later with using the vacuum still and things like that that mm-hmm. um seem to go you know hand in hand with the area, yeah,
1: well, and I like just if you want to compare it to wine, and Matt and I have talked about just uh, sometimes with wine uh, for application purposes, for marketing purposes, uh, a winery might make white wine first, and then they're aging the red wine and then mm. when it comes up, then they'll release their cabs or whatever they might be having. But with gin uh, as kind of in this like analogy, think of gin more as like a white wine as like a bourbon is more like a, a red wine. You can make gin and put it out to market a whole lot faster than say somebody that said let's make bourbon and then it's like okay i'll see you in five years before that's, you could actually put that out into market that's right? correct yeah,
3: yeah most most people get into this business to do exactly that to make whiskey yeah um and yeah you're just sitting there looking at your watch uh waiting for your barrels to mature so i think a lot of distilleries are, are pumping out a, a vodka or a gin and not putting any type of effort into it just to get some revenue right coming in. right but you guys
4: we wanted to be a Implicit- gin distillery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So, okay, so you wanted to make gin.
2: You knew that. Um, And then the story goes, like, within... I know there were some snafus, and you had to get TTB, and there was another Durham distillery. But then within <laughs> 10 months, you were releasing gins? Oh, no. No? Okay. Oh, that would
4: be nice. Oh. No, no. We... uh The idea... So, the... The light bulb moment was May of 2013. Okay. we I did research over the summer to kind of build up the initial ideas of the business case research, um, what the market opportunity looked like. And then we also found a, a distiller's training course at Caval Distillery in Chicago, which was going on then that September. And it was a three-day intensive soup to nuts kind of distilling course. Cool. Um, and so we both decided that we would go and we'd go up to Chicago and... Kind of take that weekend to take it all in, not really talk to each other about whether or not we wanted to do it. Um, and just then we, absorb. Just absorb, yeah. exactly. Nice. Um, and then uh, in O'Hare, on the way home, we looked at each other and we said, let's go for it.
2: Very cool. And yep.
4: then uh, and we were pretty naive on how quickly it would be up and running because it yeah. took 10 months to find mm-hmm. the building. It took 14 months to, once we put the deposit down for the still, to have it from Germany. I mean... Starting a distillery is a minimum of two years. There's just yeah. no way around it. Okay.
1: Well, and I realize how exactly long it took. If you're saying May 2013 it's was the idea. the idea, I bought a case of Navy Strength. You were the first one. Gin. Yes, mm-hmm. gin. I think was I the first? I think you at were, the first. Yes, you were the first. You first. Yeah. Like, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. And Fuck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. in August
4: of 2015, yeah, late I mean, August, very late August.
1: We mm-hmm. just kind of knew about you and and Felicia right. got to know you and helped out with doing some f- photography mm-hmm. for your marketing purposes. And, you know, it's like, I think I've actually, we've referenced you guys so many times on the podcast now. <laughs> you are like our own personal celebrities. <laughs> yeah. Because, nice. you know, like I said, thank God, you know, I consider you guys our friends yes, and we absolutely. hang out. And I said, thank God our friends make something that is good. And we don't have to just say, the gin it's
3: nice. We've heard that a lot. Um, (laughs) You know, like Maddie Beeson, who you've had on the podcast here, (laughs) said the same thing, like... um, it, it, when we told him about making gin it, w- it was exactly that he's like oh they're such nice people but if their product's crap i don't know what i'm gonna do yeah yeah, so yeah. It's he, of, yeah. And i think he so, told
4: us he'd had a little bit too much at one, yeah. one night we were out on the town <laughs> and we uh he said he goes thank god it's good right <laughs> like,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: yeah well, well yeah and so it, it is really good product <laughs> and i was doing we've talked about that i won't get deep into this but just just a, as a time stamp i know that uh, Midtown was doing a, uh, charity dinner. I bought that gin. I wanted to feature your gin at the event. Cause it was just of the place. It was, it's Durham. It's in, it's in our state. Um, and I bought it for the event that was August 28th, 2015. Yes. So, so from May, 2013, you thought of it. And then if I'm the first person to purchased it, yeah. it was mm-hmm. two years and three months later right. or so. So that takes right. a long time to get to, but we're hey, glad you did. Yeah.
2: And yeah. it's it's so true that I think uh, I was leaving the house this morning, and my cousin Cindy was there, who's like the probably the number one fan of the ncf and she mentioned, "Oh, finally, Durham Distillery! You guys have mentioned them on every single podcast." Finally. So I was like, "You guys That's are great. here." Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So let's let's nerd out about gin for a, oh, for a yay. moment, okay? Yes. So um, I'm gonna take a
1: drink first. Yeah. True. Oh yeah. Let's talk about. So Lee, you just. Made us a little impromptu cocktail over here before yeah. before noon. Thank God it's not Sunday.
4: Yeah, it somewhere. has citrus in it. So. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: it's it's an all Nor- uh, all Durham, I guess, uh, gin and tonic or all North Carolina gin and tonic with the uh, Harris Teeter seltzer too. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, Alley Twenty Six is a uh, cocktail bar in Durham that we oh, work yeah. with closely. They do a, a special, you know tonic syrup that they sell and it goes great with our navy Strength gin
1: well, shout um, out to rob mariani so, a good guy it, that, yeah. behind that
4: and shannon so, mm-hmm. and
3: shannon so this is the navy strength over here yes
4: yeah. okay we're not fooling around no yep. seriously
2: but it doesn't even i mean the proof lies as it mixes perfectly well well madely thank you okay, sure uh, so okay how do you, you decide you want to make gin you go mm. to this course in chicago and then how do you decide okay i want to make a navy strength and i want to make it American dry and Take us through like the botanicals you decide to use. I know that mm-hmm. Lee, you had a huge process of trying different flavors and
3: uh, signaling out different botanicals to mix and play with. Yeah, I think part of the business plan was, you know, as a gin distillery, we need to have a, a gin lover's gin. Mm-hmm. And uh, we knew that gin was kind of polarizing, that we wanted to also have an entry-level gin, if you will, something that would convert a lot of vodka folks over uh, to gin. Um, Hendricks got me into gin. Um, you know, Hendricks says right on their bottle they put a cucumber essence in the gin, so they're actually not really distilling cucumbers. So uh, that kind of... The, the, the distillation of cucumber, that's where I got the vacuum idea because, mm-hmm. um, you know, people don't – no one's got a recipe for baked cucumber, so the vacuum still helps, you know, <laughs> right. extract so that Explain flavor. that for
2: a second, vacuum still versus mm-hmm. uh, most or often tr- or traditionally gin was done by the, a pot still infusion. Is yes. that right? Which is where you're just getting – catching the vapors in the distillation process.
3: Yeah, I think traditionally, um, yeah, you would throw the botanicals in your pot. Uh, you know, almost like you're making a, a tea mm-hmm. and then and, then and you still steep it. Yeah, yeah steep it. Yeah. Okay. And we,
4: and we kind of talk through that during our tours too, like that there's different styles of gin, right? So there's the compound gin, which means all they did is they got alcohol, whatever they could get their hands on. This is Prohibition as well as the gin craze in, mm-hmm. the, in, in Britain. And they would um, sweeten it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they would also then just cold macerate the botanicals. And so that's your bathtub gin. Okay. Right? So it still has color to it. It's not a clear spirit. It's never been redistilled. Um, so those are not fairly typical anymore because they realize there's a lot of off flavors in a cold maceration process sure. as your compounds we knew we weren't going to do that yeah um, but then there's your um, maceration and redistillation and that's like your tanaree mm-hmm. so that's what Lee is saying where it goes ahead and they take those botanicals it sits in the in the base alcohol for a period of time steeps like a tea okay and then it's redistilled and then there's what we do which is the vapor infusion
3: okay. yeah so the American dry um, yeah getting back to the the entry level level gin is that that vacuum distilled cucumber and honeysuckle flavor is going to kind of you know dominate your palate and then that juniper melts in secondarily because i think that's you know 80 percent of the people that come in the distillery that have had a bad experience with gin and they're always um you know saying they don't drink gins we, f- right. we figure this is a way to get them onto it and you know that type of gin works with a you know a tom collins style drink don't use vodka just use that it's not that much different it adds some flavor yeah.
2: can you give me the 101 on the vacuum cuz i'm I, yes. like just i
3: don't i can't picture it how that works okay so we have a uh, a 20 liter rotary evaporator so uh, it's got a big big bowl on it and that's the pot mm-hmm. so in there we put our base spirit with cucumbers for example um, it is a closed system, so I have a vacuum pump that removes all the air from the inside. So it's under a very reduced pressure. So uh, room pressure right now is about a thousand millibar. This will pull vacuum down to about 30 or, or less, 30 millibar. Okay. Uh, under that reduced pressure, the alcohol that's in with the cucumber will boil at room temperature. So, um, that room temperature vapor will um, will be distilled and then condensed on the other side, basically, uh, via these cooling coils. And then we'll take that distillate. And then when our gin tank is full for the American Dry, for example, um, 85% of that tank will be from our pot still. And the other 15% would be from cucumber and honeysuckle distillate. Uh, from that vacuum still. So then you take that distillate and
2: infuse it back into the gin? Yeah, it's just a blend. Yeah, it's just a blend. and those are vodkas.
4: Okay. That's the easiest yeah. way to think about yes. it. Cucumber uh, vodka, honeysuckle flower vodka, and fig mm-hmm. vodka. Gotcha. Right, because the definition of gin is that it's naturally flavored vodka. The only thing that makes the gin a gin is the juniper berry. Right. So anything coming off of the main pot still is gin, and then we blend it with the vodkas to get, get those extra layers of flavor.
1: Cool. We'll we'll put a, a picture of that actual unit, the vacuum, yep. because uh, I've been to to your distillery and it's really beautiful. It's mm-hmm. a pretty intense product, and if anyone watches um, or is a big fan of like high end cuisine, if you watch uh, a Chef's Table mm-hmm. on Netflix, if you go to some of these really really high end places, the chefs will have the same unit that you're talking about because it's the greatest way to extract flavor. Of something and then they put it in a sauce or they put it in whatever but again this is like it's an expensive piece of equipment equipment to like make make a cheeseburger so you know you don't just do that typically it's a pretty pretty high level um yeah, high and, level. And,
3: yeah. and i've offered uh use of it too we've had a lot of chefs come through with uh, the restaurant tours we do and i've offered it and i haven't heard, haven't heard back from any of them uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Somebody tells me you yeah. got to tell teddy Klopp this because i yeah. think teddy would just he jump on that it. yeah yeah um, or,
2: or or maybe the guys from Royale more with their immersion oh, yeah. blenders and we stuff like, like that. We spent like
1: yeah. four hours talking about immersion circulators, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Oh,
4: they need to see our new uh, homogenizer. Ugh. Talk about an ima- a monster of an immersion blender.
1: Oh, oh that's right. Yeah.
4: Nice.
1: Yeah, see, it's a good thing that you did marry a scientist, right? Yeah. Like this. Yeah. Uh, and you know a lot about uh, this. stuff. You and I have made cocktails before, and you were just blowing me away. And I'm talking to Melissa when I say this. You were blowing me away at the knowledge and the experience that you had with cocktail making. I was once a bartender, and then now far removed. So when I was trying to put my bartending skills and hat back on, I was like, "Oh man, she is totally slinging drinks way like (laughs) way over my head." She's like, "What? It's this. Don't you know this? Come on!"
4: (laughs) It's just because it's it's a passion. We just really enjoy it. I mean, and you know, we tried two hundred and fifty gins to train our palate like a sommelier would. Yeah. And so when you start to realize the different layers of flavor in gin and how they apply to cocktails. I mean, it's it's, it's so hugely much fun. different, yeah. yeah it's well, really fun. Flavor profile
1: wise, too. Obviously, if you're talking about gins, like I've always been partial. Being on the West Coast, one of my favorite gins is a Junipero made from the yeah, Anchorage. Right. That's guys. one of my favorites too. It's, it's really delicious. cool. Most mm-hmm. people out here don't know it because no, it doesn't right. really get yeah. distributed as much, right. much like Durham Distillery on the West Coast. So we got I got some <laughs> Los <yet>. Angelino friends <laughs> out there. You guys got to pick this stuff know, up. It's yeah. so <laughs> cool. Um, but I would say, like flavor profile, maybe Junipero and Hendrix things like that would would fall in more line of what you're doing, as say opposed to. Beefeater eater and uh, sure, and, yeah. and, London Dry, London Dry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're not
4: trying to mimic a London Dry here at all. Yeah, um, you know the the explosion of gin distilleries out of the UK. They've cornered the market, and rightly so mm-hmm. on sure. London. But so we don't that's really need that, that
1: flavor. And that's right, and that's your, juniper your
4: forward. And and we didn't want to have the contemporary. The American Dry Gin is not supposed to be like licking a pine tree. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. when you explore how juniper can be in balance with other botanicals. And so well, there's about ten different botanicals, and they own in each gin but they only share three.
2: And I want to talk about the botanicals, but I want to make a point for the novice out there that might just be getting into gin. And Matt, you mm-hmm. brought up the wine comparison before. People talk about wine and they say, oh, I, I taste strawberries and blackberries and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Now in wine, those things are not in there. But in yeah. gin, the interesting thing is those botanicals are actually used mm-hmm. in the process of right. making it. So-
4: you should see our tasting notes that we get back some, from some of these yes. awards, though. Okay. What was the... What was the- there Um, there was one that was just i have no idea how that oh the navy
3: the navy strength they said it was like stewed vegetables or something
4: and some sort of candy yeah yeah it was wild but they awarded it well yeah yeah Yeah. i mean it's yeah but um (laughs) it's like wine enthusiast has um given the american dry in 89 right which is really good for a spirit sure and um (laughs) went in there and they had like kumquat and lychee and i was like None of those are in that bottle. <laughs> but if that's what you got out of it. God and much. that's the thing is everybody has their own palette and what they. Right. Yeah. Their. And
3: to nerd out, nerd out some more for a minute here. I think a lot of that, too, is you get all these different botanicals. And then, whenever that flavor is extracted into the vapor phase, these things can react and make sort of new mm.
2: flavors. Right.
3: Um, it's yeah. like making uh, blue and green, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yellow.
2: No doubt.
1: You're, yep. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, so maybe lychee and all those things are in there, and then, yep. or at least his palate perceived it, and then your perception is mm-hmm. what it is. But yeah, I even like the comparison of. Of the different styles. If London gin is its own style and then you've got, you know, domestic gin or whatever. People always talk about in the wine comparison that you're making Pinot Noir in the West Coast and oh, this is very Burgundian in style. It's like, no, it's not. Burgundy is burgundy. It comes from Burgundy. It comes from France. That Pinot Noir is gonna taste like that. Be happy with making something that comes from your region your neck of the woods of the Mm -hmm. of the world Mm -hmm. and so like the willamette valley pinot tastes like willamette valley pinot and russian river pinot tastes like russian river pinot but that's kind of cool and that's why on a back bar you don't have just gilby's or whatever you have selection you have a few different things on there because everybody's palate's different the cocktail that you're choosing would be, say, better served with this gin as opposed to that gin. Yeah. And so, yeah, you guys are, you're fitting a, a good spot on the back bar of a restaurant. Or yeah. A right.
4: bar. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, you don't want a one size fits all kind of gin, but you just want to think through the versatility of it. I mean, because if gin is, doesn't have, retain that versatility, then it's kind of losing out its point.
3: Right. You yeah. yeah.
4: I mean, it's 85% of classic cocktails are with gin.
2: So That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping about with the places where things come from, where do the botanicals that you're sourcing come from?
3: Yeah, so uh, juniper is probably the most predominant. We use more of that than anything. That we have two different suppliers. One is from Albania and one is from Bulgaria. Um, for the, that's just for the
2: juniper. That's right. just, juniper. Okay. just
3: juniper. Yeah. So the, the um, they're like forests of juniper north of Greece. Basically, is what it comes down to, and you'll find most distilleries do that. Um, we took a class out in Seattle with um, uh, Big Gin, and I was thinking, okay, those guys in Seattle, you know, they got to be buying local juniper. Uh, but no, no, mm-hmm. they're buying it from basically the same places. So yeah. Um, yeah,
1: there's not a lot of juniper in the world, right? I mean, th- it's kind of concentrated to just a few places, and right. a lot of it is like in that right, specific Clements. area
0: in, mm-hmm. yes. in
3: Europe. Yeah, Like we heard Tuscan Juniper is fantastic, but, you know, that's why we have two suppliers. If one of them goes down or something, we can always. Use the second one. So we blend the two suppliers, and if one disappears, we'll be okay.
4: Yeah, I mean, dealing with agricultural products, you really have to think through long term. If there's a crop failure, if there's mold, Mm -hmm. if something happens, I mean, it can really impact our ability to make... The product
2: yeah you have to have a backup we do yeah okay and then your other like the cucumber you're sourcing just pretty like, much
3: locally sourced you know nice. if we can buy it at the farmer's market we will um that's a lot of cucumbers we, to buy locally it is um <laughs> somebody yeah. get jamie dement on the phone till stuck uh, no. we <laughs> no.
4: we're actually thinking that we should start start yeah. having that and especially when i know we'll talk about what our, our new product is going to be but um yeah it's one of those things where, you know, you really want to try and support local farmers right. when you can. And gin is just a global product. It fundamentally is. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, when we can when we can use local, we, sh- we, we try to. Nice.
0: Yeah.
3: And as a gin distiller, too, um, you know, I get the question a lot. Like, there's rosemary in the Navy strength. And they're like, oh, do you use fresh rosemary? And I say, no, because, um, you know, I could pull rosemary from my garden. It's going to taste different today than it does in June. Right. Um, so we use a lot of dried herbs for that. Um, gotcha.
4: Yeah. And then, then they release yeah, their oils at yeah. different heat points during the run. Yeah. So you don't really want to mess with once you've got your recipe down.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, and we've mentioned uh, Navy strength now a couple times. Mm-hmm. I assume there's probably a lot of people that don't understand the mm-hmm. difference between it because there's not a lot of producers of Navy strength. So right. you do an American dry and you do it a Navy strength. What's the elevator pitch of why they're different? <laughs>
4: You want that one or you want me? Uh, go ahead. You can go. All right. So Navy strength gins, they must be 57% alcohol by volume, ABV, or 114 proof. It's a specific category of gin that was started for the British naval officers. And so Plymouth would be their main gin supplier, right? That was their gin distillery. And um, they officers got the gin and the crew got the rum. And, mm. the, and uh, back then, the way that they would test proof is actually to add a flame And so this is the lowest level of proof or percentage where you get a blue flame, and so that's how they tested that they knew that that they were getting what they, yeah, exactly that they were getting what they paid for. Um, Is that where
1: the word proof comes from? Yeah. Okay, I just had that conversation with somebody. We didn't know why we call it proof that
4: yeah and i think
2: they said that when they were going over to make sure that if the gin barrels spilled yeah that's the urban legend of it
4: yeah we tried to get to the heart of it and um one of the gin he knows everything about gin in the world he's david smith he was one of our uh instructors at the master class at big gin in seattle and um He's written what two or three books on gin. Yep. He's done all the history of old Tom gin, cordial gins. I mean, this he is
1: his poor he, liver. <laughs> Yeah,
4: right. <laughs> he's a, yeah. he's a fantastic guy, though. He's always dressed in like a velvet suit, too. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's got a personality to him, but um, yeah. So that was when we learned that that was actually the urban legend associated with it. Okay.
3: And then uh, yeah, speaking to the botanicals in our gin, I, I mean, the the benefit of having. 57 percent alcohol is that you can cram a lot of botanical intensity in there um you know so like our, our american dry is 44 percent alcohol so if i put that much botanical intensity in that gin it would be cloudy mm-hmm. um because mm. the, the the alcohol could not hold all this oil so having 57 percent alcohol to work with i was able to really add a lot of savory botanicals um so you know a lot, there's juniper uh we balance that out with caraway there's bay leaves rosemary um, yeah, so it's a very savoury gin.
1: Wow, that's so intense! It's just there's so much going on in in gin. Mm. That's why it's so yeah. fun yeah. to drink.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of diversity and differences, as you said, in gin. Mm. It's right. it's almost like a um, like a,
3: a metaphor for the USA. Yeah, that's
4: right. <laughs> We're not going to go yeah, there right, right, right <laughs> now, are
3: we? <laughs> yeah, but we always use the same uh, wine example. We tell people, we you know, going into an ABC store, there's a wall of vo- flavorless vodka, basically. But, you know, going into the gin aisle, there's a bunch of different gins. They're all a little different, They're all like wine. You know, it's like picking out a bottle of wine and picking out a bottle of gin. Yeah, yeah, we
4: get the question of, you know, do you guys really support each other in North Carolina? And and we, you know, we heard... No, um, not at we all. We don't, right? And <laughs> yeah. in, in Brian uh, from... Uh, Southern uh, from Dogwood Southern Kitchen and 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 now his new steakhouse. Yeah, I and the that he Russo. he yeah. was on the show. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. We know that he mentioned us as well as Sutlers and like we love Scott, you yeah. know, uh, from Sutlers Gin too. And when we think about the category of gin, it, everybody has a place. Um, so there's really no reason to compete with each other.
2: Yeah. Uh, um, so you guys created a category, uh, one being local, especially right. out of Durham, and then this. Uh, well, you're from the marketing side, so the whole word conniption yeah. has really created, uh, I think, helped you guys in right. terms of establishing. It. So where where did that come from?
4: Conniption, yeah. So we had about two or three dozen names for the gins that we'd, um, we liked a lot. And then we did the trademark search on them and i think we were down to maybe only 10. okay um so the big so spirits and wine share the same category on the trademark level mm-hmm. um with the u.s federal trademark office <laughs> which
1: sucks because that means that there are even less options that's yes exactly beers it. by itself the beers yeah. by itself yeah. um wait why didn't you just call it Coors gin
4: yeah sure the um, banquet
1: gin yeah <laughs> <laughs>
4: So, uh, but Conniption was one of the ones I always really gravitated towards. Um, It's just, it's, it has such a fun take on it. I mean, obviously you can go and take it the other direction and think about the fit and the hysterical fit side of it, but that wasn't our intent. Our intent is that it's a fit of inspiration. And so the, the inspiration is really, how did we want to take a new style of gin to the market? And since we're the only gin distillery in the U S combining vapor and vacuum, um, and and when we were doing this, we were we were going to be the first gin to do this. Oh, wow. Um, but Dodd's gin out of the U.K. got to market because the U.S. <sighs> Limey bastards. You know, the U.S. is just so much slower, so Dodd's gin got to the market before we did. But we're the only ones in the U.S. combining these techniques. Um, nice. So conniption, though, I don't – it was one of those that kept coming back, and then my mom – Oh, I, I said, you know, we really like conniption a lot. We really hope that that's the one that's going to be for the gin. And she goes, well, do you do you remember why? And I said, no. And she said, well, the same grandparents that would give me, you know, the grandfather would give me the olives. Mm-hmm. It was those grandparents that would tell me not to have a conniption when mm. I was getting riled That was
1: a common whatever yes. t- turn of phrase. a phrase when i was a kid yeah yeah no, for me oh, too okay, yeah. that by, you know freaking yeah. out yeah don't have a conniption don't have fit a conniption. Yeah. yeah and i don't feel like people say conniption anymore mm-hmm. yeah. it's like it's it's now they do it's when they're ordering <laughs> a <laughs> drink right. yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like they have a conniption if the bar's too busy and they're like hey <laughs> yeah.
4: exactly i was here before that girl yeah yeah and we <laughs> wanted something that you you had to have fun with right it doesn't have to be so serious yeah um, and I love Lee's the one that came up with the tagline on the American Dry. So, and then we don't have one in here, but you tell oh, me. Oh, it's it is. just uh, on the back of
3: the bottle. It says, "Go ahead, have a conniption." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, don't yeah. be
4: afraid of it. Yeah. That's right.
1: Well, let's. We were talking cucumbers earlier, and we we're talking about products that you're making. Um, you presented us with a nice little. Well, unfortunately a half shot of whatever you had in front yeah, of us why, why did you only get I have more jeez man it's early but no just kidding yeah, um yeah. but you did supply us with something that's coming new to market and I'd love to hear about what what this is all about
3: uh sure um yeah getting back to the uh, vacuum still uh yeah so we add that cucumber vodka to the American dry to make the American dry um, so all we're doing now is going to bottle that cucumber vodka so it is the cleanest you know freshest vodka you've ever tasted as far as cucumber goes because it's never seen any heat so mm. all that cucumber flavor is being extracted and put into this product without seeing any heat
1: virgin so, vodka yes right. yeah.
3: and and what would be the abv on this 40 so we're, we're just gonna uh yeah 40 yeah we're just gonna mm. release it at uh you know standard vodka level okay that's refreshing yeah
4: isn't it yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah i mean that's gonna beat hendrix off the shelf I mean, I
2: know it's vodka and gin, but you get those cucumber flavors and smooth and clean and crisp. Well, and and you can tell right
4: away it's not an extract, right? Right. So there are cucumber gins on the market, or sorry, cucumber vodkas on the market, but they're you are know, you'll made right away.
2: Chemicals and other, yep. other stuff that this you're using actual cucumber distillates.
4: Uh, so yes. cool. uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean but it begs the
1: question. When's the bubblegum vodka coming out? Right? <laughs> never. <We're working laughs> on. never Cotton never. candy? Never. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, <man>. what, uh, <laughs> you you start with a neutral grain spirit, right? Yes. Now, is that always the same spirit that you're working with? And what grain is that coming from?
3: Yeah, so we use a corn-based ethanol. Okay. Um, so it's about the most neutral Spirit you can buy as far as flavor goes, you know. Mm-hmm. You guys have had wheat based gins or wheat based vodka. It's got it's almost like its own botanical. Yep. Um, and also, just as a sidebar, because it's 100% corn, it will be gluten free because there's no right. gluten yeah, that can attach. Yeah. Our whole distillery is gluten free. Cool. Yes. Yeah. So we use that uh, corn based ethanol. So for us, we're using a uh, super clean base and a super clean water going in too. So we can't just put city water in because you're right. Gonna, so we have it scrubbed of everything. So we got. You know, like the American dry is 56% water, so we've got super clean water going in too. So all the flavor you're getting is uh, botanical flavor.
2: And where are you getting that water from? Or are you doing reverse osmosis to get water like yeah, that? Yeah, we
3: have a deionized water system. Um, part of it is we use that in my lab. Uh, you know, so uh, it's another technique I brought into the distillery. And then uh, reverse osmosis water, you lose about 20-25% during the process. So you know, there's a cost. Savings just by using deionized water. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you can the just, angel di- share distilled water. Yeah, People that's right. It's that. distilled water. Deionized yeah. water
4: is, is close to distilled water. Yeah. 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 So yeah. you're removing that, everything.
3: Right. And you're yep. just getting clear cre- cream cream. Yeah. Right. But, yeah, you'll find most gin distilleries Bobby's working. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I yeah, I, you still
4: have to drink some more of that gin. I know. It's right. like Get the going. Navy strength,
3: though. It's, it is You've delicious. You have not had much yeah.
4: of that, though. It's
1: yeah. only 11.09 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> on a
2: Friday. I just got back from Austin, That's Texas, where we were visiting our distillery. So oh, yeah. I got yeah. a Which lot go of day to? drinking. We were at Deep Betty. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. 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 So. yeah. Uh oh, vodka. Flavored vodka. Yeah. <laughs> but they are doing something similar in the sense that they're using true fruit to uh, put in the in the vodka as opposed oh, okay. to using yep. chemical additives. So not yeah, that we're here to talk about them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there is but there's a big difference. I remember Kettle One giving us a big education. Way back when I was at Cafe Del Rey. maybe you were there the day. I don't I know. think we, I was. We there, did it, yeah. like, but they were talking about how they got like the uh, for their Citron, they got the oils from the lemon skin or the lemon peel, as opposed to actually putting lemon juice in it and things like that. And Gary Cronkleton was telling us one time when my uh, when my um, my going away gift from the restaurant was uh, from the bar manager, and my assistant manager, and everybody together put together a infused bourbon. We had Gary try it, and he goes, oh, well, how'd they do this? He said, oh, they put some ju- fruit juices and this and that. He goes, oh, you better drink it right now. Yeah. And I said, yeah. why? because yeah. that's going to go bad real fast. And so I drank yeah. it real fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got through that bottle. It was delicious. Nice. But you know, I you took his You didn't it have a advice. problem with that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, uh, I was told to do this. <laughs>
4: I <Which laughs> <I'm> mandated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a hardship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you worked yeah. it out.
1: But yeah, when you're taking oils and essence and different things, mm-hmm. much different than... I mean, yeah, the yeah. the bubble gum vodkas and but all those things right. that that's come right. from. Yeah, this is this is going to be um, this is interesting because I personally am not a vodka fan. I just it's the last liquor I choose at, at anywhere if it's an open bar or whatever. It's the last thing right. I'd, I'd grab. Yeah, because um, well,
4: it's supposed to be flavorless, right? Yes, and and that's I like definition yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah,
1: I like to taste. Like yes. I do like the the flavor of of liquor, like whatever mm-hmm. it might be. I'm not just trying to get crunked up, you know. So, right. yeah. Um, but this is really interesting because by itself it's great. Obviously, this has got sh- just straight martini written all over it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you can make a lot of gin cocktails, right. Like Last Word and a Dark and Stormy and like mm-hmm. like what? Not Dark, mm-hmm. you know, not Dark and Stormy. That's mm-hmm. rum. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was thinking of something else. But like a a, a Gimlet, a, a gimroni. yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. You can do or a lot even of cool stuff.
4: think about the vodka drinks. Can you imagine a Mule with that?
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so refreshing with
4: the ginger with beer. With the ginger, beer, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just, yeah, there's so much versatility to that one. What else?
2: Come on, Melissa, keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> max, Max, you know, wax poetic that? about it before. I know, uh...
4: yeah. So, I mean, I, I think one of the things we were talking about too is like we make with the American Dry Gin and um, a lemon, ba- it's a called a basil smash, and it's with lemon juice, a little bit of simple syrup, and mm. basil, but like cucumber lends like yeah. it itself to that right away. I mean, mm. it's just. The well, interplay is just fantastic.
2: And you know what else? And and I th- maybe this was part of your guys' thinking. So I think that this, for those people that you talked about before, they say, oh, I don't like gin. I drink right. vodka. This yeah. is kind of a crossover and maybe like a gateway into gin.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's that been the most eye-opening thing when we have people coming in for tours. Um, Cicely and I still do a lot of uh, leading of the tours on mm-hmm. Saturdays. Um, he We typically lead um, two weekends a month. We switch off. And um, I always open the tour up with, OK, who loves gin? And you can tell who really wants to own it because right. that hand goes up in the air. And they, they love ooh, the fact ooh, that me, they have. Me. Yeah, which is great. And it's a lot of women, at least it is for me, for leading the tour, which is sure. really reinforcing. But then we do ask, OK, so who's had that bad gin experience, as Lee said? Um, we always and invariably have a handful of them. And yeah. they're a little timid on admitting it, but then they do. I blame Snoop Dogg. I know, and yeah, gin the gin and, juice. Juice. Yeah. and, and the and, and we think about lower shelf, yeah, you got you probably mm. did get sick off it. Of well,
2: that. and also, yeah, going way back to you know William of Orange times, right. who created the gin category right. in London. I mean, mm. people were using turpentine and stuff yes. to get that to, and that's why to they mask added sugar. those juniper flavors, and then you're adding yep. sugar, yep. so you're getting yep. more head headaches. Yes. And then it's it is excellent that you guys are creating this like sophisticated culture. I mean, bringing it back to mm-hmm. gin because, you know, I think there was a very bad connotation for gin because of the pininess, the turpentine, mm-hmm. and then, like, right. people that were drunks were called gin-soaked and they had, yeah. they I smelled know. the worst and stuff like that. And now... Yeah, we just want to get rid of all of that. Yeah. I mean,
4: because it's a stereotype that just doesn't apply, I think, to the, the gin category yeah. today. Yeah,
2: it's actually one of the most sophisticated spirits right. you could yes. think of. I mean, right. you think you're getting botanicals from all over the world, this juniper you know, berry that you talked about, which is only sourced from very rare places. and you have to
4: think like a chef yeah i mean so lee he's humble but he didn't admit he these formulas took him a year yeah so he had yeah three dozen
3: yeah so i i I sat there at home um distilling i don't know if we're gonna say that oh it's fine (laughs) Ice
1: <laughs> boxers,
3: <laughs> like, yeah. got Corolla blasting. A cigar smell. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. you, and you right.
4: did it on Sunday morning. Yeah.
3: <laughs> three-year-old tugging at my short. Yeah, it's yeah. But um,
2: like, here. Have some of this.
3: Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, Please. Yeah, but I took each individual distant, d- d- botanical, and distilled them. So like I would have a bottle of juniper distill and a bottle of coriander, um, and I sat there with shot glasses and eyedroppers, mixing and tasting. Um, and that's a good thing.
4: Concentration,
3: right? Like, I can back so calculate this, the concentration based on five drops of juniper. Yeah, the drops that, yeah. that go right. into Jeez. a shot glass, yeah. and then you just multiply that for yes, you, scale, it for scale it up. scale it up, and
4: then thank this is why we share power.
1: Yes, this yeah. is yeah. why your garbage man husband, this mythical guy, <laughs> <Yes>. never <laughs>
4: <right. I> <laughs> been
1: able to do yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's 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 like the i think that's the message out here is not everyone can do this no
4: the mad scientist in lee is amazing well if i had a sweet
3: job like that i wouldn't want to do this yeah Yeah. Yeah. you also have to be somewhat of a
2: perfectionist because i know me like if i actually accomplish that to make that gender be like Wow, this is pretty damn good. Yes. I'm going to sit there. Were, right. Yeah, TV, you know, yeah, yeah.
4: there but were you, times where we just said, is this good enough? Yeah. And, and that's, like, nope.
3: And that's the art of uh, gin distilling, too, is making that again, you know, is right. the consistency, you know, that that, that bottle you have is going to be the same as the first bottle you guys ordered from us. Yeah. So.
2: And how how does that come about, like when you guys finally get it and you guys come together and say, yep, this is the one. This, this recipe is spot you on. Yeah.
4: I don't know if we ever felt that
2: yeah <laughs> still don't
4: feel that way <laughs> no well on the american dry i'm still not convinced that okay. it can't be better um good.
1: right good could, yeah, no, though, better but you me. have
4: you no, have people who, who love it the, the navy strength i think we're yeah there's yeah. nothing we would change about the navy
3: yeah and we uh yeah i think you're right we we just make minor tweaks here and there um like if like for the navy Strength, though i'm getting fresh caraway if i get a, if i open a fresh bag of caraway I know that that's more potent than something right. that's been sitting around maybe for a couple months. So I'll do some mm-hmm. minor adjustments there to make sure it tastes the same.
1: Gotcha. So let's switch gears a little bit because I love all of the the geeky talk about about the beauty of this product and all these things, and um, and that's all well and good. You have an excellent product. We all know about that. But Melissa, yeah. So I've. Matt's a Matt's a liquor rep, and I've been a liquor rep and a and a wine rep, and all these things. And I've tried to get product into market.
4: Yes, mm. I
1: was looking on your website, and you have a, a great, a great like a, a finder or so, like showing all the great restaurants in town. Mm-hmm. And really, I mean, in in North Carolina, you're well represented. But how are we going to get this out? How do
4: we How do we get further out of this yeah. one
1: state? How how does how what's do the next up? step right and are you are you ready for this could you
4: yes we're start ready. we're ready for this producing so,
1: like San Francisco wants to get San Francisco loves their their yeah. their gins uh, New York of course obviously loves everything like yeah. you know liquor LA is booming of course now that you've got the NCF&B bump.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: uh, New York and LA I mean, are going to be huge a given, market. you get back into that yeah. shop, you got to start making tenfold <laughs> what you've been making. Get more caraway. I brought my pen to sign all the autographs. Like, <laughs> Come on, walk out of here. Pop oh, out. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so how, how, are we we, how are we going to get this out? Because I know, I know for a fact that anybody that I was selling uh, liquor to at some of the great you know, liquor bars in Los Angeles, if, if, if I could get this bottle into their hands, they would. Jump at the chance and they would right. plow through it.
2: Well, Max, yeah. you're not really doing anything right now. You <laughs> want to <laughs> I am the new national sales rep for their <laughs> distillery. Self the appointed. First, yeah, yeah, and you were the first one to buy it into a thing. I, so. I have a great backstory yeah. Yeah. on this. Yeah,
4: you do. I think we can probably cover up some uh, travel funds for yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, is how, it how just, do we do are this? There, are there,
1: are there Are there laws? Because, of course, North Carolina's beloved state has many, many, many liquor laws. Yes. Um, so, are there. A lot of hoops to jump through to get out here?
4: Very much so. So I think where we were naive, you know, was kind of thinking that with my marketing background and um, we had a distinct launch plan, right? So you can't launch essentially two brands, Conniption and Damn Fine, without having a strategy behind it. Mm -hmm. And so Conniption has always been that it's going to be the flagship. It's what we want to be known for. And it's going to go outside of North Carolina as soon as it was ready. Um, But until you can't, you can't start conversations with distributors and they have no interest in starting conversations until you can establish that you have traction in your home, and that you are showing that you can compete on an international stage. So I know that we submitted to what was it? six international competitions last year. Mm-hmm. And um, they they achieved more than we ever thought possible. So Well, yeah, <clears throat>
1: didn't in the San Francisco competition, San right? In San
4: Francisco, we won a four out of the five products placed last year All and right. we're about ready to submit for 2017. Um You know we only submitted into one craft spirits competition and three of the products placed that was american craft spirits competition last year um but uh it started with new york international competition that fall of 2015 and that is a tough competition we we really we knew that was gonna be our first we just wanted to kind of test the waters sure um and navy got a silver um so, for context, only I think one or two gins got gold in that hole. Wow. Um, and so Navy got a silver along with like Portobello Road and some amazing gins. And we're like, okay, we got something here. On yeah, you're yeah. a new kid
1: on the block. Right. So, now yeah. with like the name kind of recurring right. and things like that. And
4: Navy got a gold at San Francisco last year. And it also got, so it is the highest rated Navy strength gin in the world from beverage tasting Institute. It got a 96 out of a hundred for a Boom. score point. Yeah. That was drop um, the mic. Yes. Oh, well, that's no, no, what we these thought. Are expensive. This is ex- yeah, and, and then, <laughs> yeah. um, and so it continues like, and, and its biggest win was this fall. It went to New York world and want a spirits and wine competition. And it not only got a double gold, but it won best in class gin and best in class unaged white spirit. So it beat all well, rums awesome. and whiskies that hadn't been aged, right? Yeah. But this is still an uphill battle in oh, figuring yeah. out distributors and figuring out the ones that are not going to bury you in a bag, right? So it's very akin to pharmaceutical and you guys know sure. being a rep in the yeah. past, right? So if you're if you're like 10th or 11th skew in a portfolio and and something like southern Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, which is mm-hmm. our, they help us in North Carolina. Yep. These we largest, were just about,
1: I, that's who I used to work for right. in, in have, Los Angeles. They
4: have, from what I know, they have at least 50 SKUs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not getting any time. You
1: mean just
2: gin SKUs?
4: No, I'm just saying total craft like, SKUs. Okay. They've got 50, but they don't have a big team. Yeah. And so for us, we're trying to balance the fact that we don't have deep pockets for incentive building. Mm -hmm. Um, but we have to get our name out there and we have to continue to build relationships. So we're in this growth area. I'm trying to figure it out right now. It is tough. I mean,
1: small business in general, whatever you, whatever wears your peddling are not easy. Matt and I were just talking about, uh, another brand has, you know, another local brand. We were talking about price points and it's like, oh, this would be so great if that price point could be cheaper. Because it would compete with all the big boys, but it can't be cheaper right. because you can't keep your lights on at your house right. if you're selling something that is twenty nine ninety nine for twenty one ninety nine mm-hmm. because you you just can't Rusing easily money every do that. Yeah. And, and, and the
4: margins in North Carolina, I mean, yeah. they're not good. No. Right, we're one of the worst margin states. Yep. Um. So I mean, our so a Navy Strength bottle retails for thirty nine ninety five. Sixty mm-hmm. percent of that bottle, right off the bat goes to North Carolina ABC, uh, Southern Wine and Spirits, and federal excise tax, 60%. 40% stays in the distillery, but it's then broken down into the cost of the bottle, the cost of the actual screen printing, right? Because these are all screen printed bottles, Um, the whole package itself, and then all of the ingredients that go into it, and then the labor,
1: fuck it close shop I know that's (laughs) why why, why Lee still works his
4: full time job and it's why none of us have taken a single dime out of the distillery yet wow
2: oh I didn't realize Lee you're still working full time he still works his full time job this is his day off
4: this
3: is my day off wow so
1: So maybe we have to like start a GoFundMe to get you guys out there into other (laughs) states and be like hey man if you guys really want to do this you want some of this gin No, but I mean, it, that's the thing. And I, that's well, it was one of the things I said to Matt in, in talking about this other product that is in uh, North Carolina. I said, you know, the only way that they can survive is to be like subsidized, like beef gets subsidized and right. and yeah. vegetables get subsidized. I mean, all those things, because there's no way you can have a burger at McDonald's for 99 cents when you, with the actual products that go into that burger to get there there's i mean it it would really yeah. cost you like 8 or 9 dollars there's a volume minimum of, of yeah. buying
4: power that these big guys have behind right. them right but it's-
1: there's a lot of government help to there like is. to make this this product a lot cheaper to go through, and it's not like the government's raising their hands to say, "Hey, can we help you sell your gin so that we <laughs> yeah. can get more out of it?" But <laughs> potentially, but, but, with that sixty percent of revenue that they take off the top, could actually help them if North Carolina is getting all of that revenue and they're selling it to California, and you guys drop like nine pallets of gin to them. <laughs> well, then North right. Carolina is making a lot of money off of that. Yeah. In theory, yeah, 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 that's
4: it's an interesting. I mean, what we're trying to do is um, I've lobbied uh, our legislators on Capitol hill um you know with the distilled spirits council and so what we're trying to do first is reduce the federal excise tax Mm -hmm. so federal excise tax out of the navy strength gin is about three dollars and what fifty cents three dollars and fifty seven cents yes um and so and that is not tiered for the big guys to the small guys unlike beer and wine right so beer of course we're about seven to eight, eight years behind craft beer as an industry and so what the beer guys were able to do is as they got bigger, they were they lobbied Congress, got it passed so that the first X amount that they sell a year has a reduced tax rate, mm. and that's what we're going for um, with the federal excise tax reduction too. But it, in order to get the big guys on board, um, we had to make sure that the it's the same for everybody for the first hundred thousand proof gallons, um, which we're never going to reach. The big guys will, right? Um, but it would reduce um, from from that rate down to about a dollar a bottle. So think about that. that mm-hmm. that's, that's money right back in our pockets. And then North Carolina, um, that's a, that's a lot to, 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 but you guys have
2: excise tax is something that you guys are paying out of pocket in order based yeah. on, your yes. production. and we, right. and we,
4: we, every time that leaves our bonded space. So as that travels outside and goes to the Raleigh control warehouse, right, yeah. which is where all the boards order from, yep. we, even before it's in on shelf, we have to pay that.
2: Right. So even so, even if they didn't want to give a subsidy back from the revenue, <clears throat> they could take less margin for local spirits if they wanted North Carolina? to. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah, North Carolina and help yeah. help
2: the quote unquote little guys out. That's
4: why there's the the bill. So mm-hmm. I know we're talking about it in terms of the brunch bill, right? Yeah. Because yeah. NCRLA was really smart to work with our lobbyists and the distillers to try and figure out how to do a joint bill.
1: Mm-hmm. The brunch bill right now is to change um, on Sundays having uh, liquor not be sold before noon to be changed to ten a.m. Ten a.m. And I believe that would be solely in eating establishments right it wouldn't be like liquor stores and or, um
4: i think so but i wouldn't yeah i didn't study I that when part i looked into it it's,
1: it's solely for like restaurant consumption so on-premise you can get a, you can get a bloody mary on an on-premise license yeah. yeah at 10 o'clock which which is cool but i put i even put on facebook like i said this is great but it sounds like bob cratchit asking <laughs> uncle yes. uncle scrooge for a coal a love of coal it's mm-hmm. like thanks for the the nice little token and treat for this but we've got a bigger problem we'd like to actually generate some revenue on the liquor side you know just like a restaurant you make the bulk of your money on the beverage aspect of things that has a highest profit margin we should be doing that for ourselves as a state and yep. we've got a thumbs up or butt not figuring out that we actually have cash cows in front of us. Well, right. it's not the
2: thumbs up of the run, and I'm going to just go out and say it. It's that the ABC commission is taking a, a large sum of the revenue, and we don't know where that money's going or how it's being reinvested or what's happening with that money.
4: Uh, I I can't speak to that. <laughs> you, I, should, I just can't. you shouldn't. I, 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 I can say I, it. I, in a, um, but I think from the distiller side and why we're really happy that we're a part of this bill is that you know, we can only sell right now one bottle per person per twelve months out of the distillery, and it's not one per skew; it is one total. That's ridiculous. So at we your, have shop, at, at our your shop, at your place, right?
1: That's just ridiculous. And
4: it's, yeah, and so and so for us, that really limits our ability to grow. Right. We were um, kidding
1: around that like the establishments that are just on the on the block that are that that your neighbors. Yeah. If they want to sell your product. They actually have to... <laughs> that, that's
3: what I said. It's a 50-mile trip yeah. for our product to get to Blue Note Grill, which is right next door to us. We make the product uh, yeah, you know, 20 feet away. Feet,
1: exactly, yeah. 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 So, yeah, so, yeah it's yeah. got to go to... Which I get. Yeah. I mean, you know, you yeah, got to do, do all the... a three-tier system. The, yeah,
4: yeah. And, you know, I, have yeah, to have that tax sticker or yeah. whatever. That's the
3: one thing I do like is that yeah, sending it to a central location at least allows us to keep track of everything. We can yeah. see where things are going. But, um, you know, other than that, it's it's a little challenging. Yeah, right. yeah
4: and it's, it's not like other control states. So if you look at Virginia, for instance, there's our closest control state. If you're accepted as a product into the listing in Virginia, you actually can, do on day one, be in every single ABC store across the entire state. It's not the way it works in North Carolina. We have to pitch each individual county or board to take our product. And we have been told by several that, no, even even with the track record you have, we are not taking your product wow. on the shelf.
3: And that's okay. you know. And like we can't fight movie. it. No. Well,
1: and I think in D.C., D.C. is different than Virginia. I was just yeah. up there and I went to liquor stores. And, yes. and the liquor stores in D.C. proper, they pay or... Because I, I talked, because I love you guys. And I was out there buying some, mm-hmm. some booze. They said, oh, you guys don't have uh, a Distillery? You guys know what it is? It's a cool North Carolina local product. And they seemed excited about it, the, yeah. the the liquor store owner. And he said, well, all they have to do is pay the tax coming into our district. But then at that point, so basically Durham Distillery or any small company pays the tax to get into the district. But then once that happens, any liquor store that's independent independent can just buy it and, and purchase yep. it through so so it's like a tariff whatever you just yep. throw it in yep. just to get in but then once you're there now an it's their product state. and then they can right. sell whatever right but in so, an
2: open state the distributor would probably pay that tax or it would be built do. into the so margins our, or something like that.
4: um we are are signed with our dc distributor and our first po came through this week so congratulations our shipment, thank you yeah. our shipment goes out tuesday so our official yes. launch in dc is so that's huge month. because it's dc huge. is a huge foodie yeah. town and there's and, gin world in dc mm, yeah. if anyone wants to if they love gin they definitely need to look that up gin world has happens the the last week of march into april 1st and uh, well, i'm going to
1: say something's going to piss everybody off well h- half the half the country the best part is donald trump doesn't drink so he'll never <laughs> have your <laughs> conniption gin isn't that a good thing well you never know about never yeah
3: never <laughs> never. Yeah. Um, yeah but that's, that. that yeah but that's funny i was gonna say going back to the uh distributors like uh before we got into this you know, I was like, oh, we'll just expand. And then you just get a distributor here, get a distributor there. And it's really not like that. Like mm-hmm. she said, you know, we've got a, you know, a ton of awards. And yeah, they, they could care less, you know, it's just about getting the product at the, um, the right cheapest margin. price. Mm-hmm. But DC, you know, it was just kind of word of mouth, like someone like you going to a local bar, saying, hey, if you heard of these guys, and then maybe them getting a hand on their hands on a bottle, and then they tell their their distributors that they like to work with, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, funny, here we are. And finding the influencer yeah.
4: bars, the mixology bars. Yes. I mean, so we're really excited. Yeah. DC has yeah. some great and and great you have bars. to
2: be with the right distributor. I yeah. mean, so I don't
1: know who you're, you're going to find in someone DC. who wants you. Yeah, really.
2: yeah. And, we, and we've and been avoiding going with the big guys. You. Yes. That's yeah. right.
4: That's right. The big guys, you know, you're just going to get lost. Right. I mean, and so we've really we had Republic National interested in us and for Georgia. And we just said, you know, we just didn't think it was the right fit. Mm-hmm. So we are going with Ultimate Distributors in Georgia. Okay. That actually will come online in the next 60 days, too. Nice. So
1: you guys are expanding. So We are.
4: Yeah. We're working hard.
1: Well, so my question is, if you did have a, you know, a 9 pallet order, I mean, realize that that's yeah. pretty massive. But I mean, but you guys... Can do that if if the work is there, like you could ramp up your production mm-hmm. levels and mm-hmm. things like that and actually fulfill those, those requests. So yep. that's always the next thing is like, yeah, you got a great product, but can you do it yeah. and can you manufacture right. it on that next tier level? So give us
2: an idea. Um, I think I read it's like nine hours per distillation, and that yields about two hundred fifty cases. No, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The
3: beauty of our still we have we have a Mueller pot still. It's only about sixty gallons, which is kind of small by pot still standards, but. at that, capa- at that capacity, making gin, we can knock out a run in about three hours. And oh, three e- hours. Okay. And then each run will give us about you know, 250, 300 bottles of gin. So okay. like in a good day, you're talking seven, 800 Matt, bottles. Where are you getting of all
1: your show. information? I don't know. Yeah. Probably Jesus. the wrong,
3: yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alternative yeah. facts. To um,
2: have
4: 800 plus bottles of gin in a, in a long day. I mean, a it's a, nine, it's a yeah. nine hour day
2: and what would like a beef eater or huge you oh. know like hendrix make in a day <laughs> to give oh, us a perspective no. add a, a couple zeros <laughs> yeah, exactly they have, yeah. they have huge column stills they're not making pot stills they got pot oh, stills, pot stills yeah, so that's the, pots, that's
4: the yeah. sort of the anomaly for the gin category is you have to uh, most of the big guys as well as most of the small guys um who are focused in on gin do not go from grain mm-hmm. grain to glass is important for whiskey and for bourbon um, because that's that's where you get the flavor, right? That's mm-hmm. in your fermentation process and everything that you do. Gin, you want as neutral of, of, a, of a base to start from. And so we akin it to, it's the same thing as a pastry chef. Yeah. Do you require a pastry chef to mill their own flour? Right. No. no,
2: that's not typical. There is still
4: transformation. <laughs> yeah, um, and so you know, for us, the transformation and the layers of flavor is in the botanical and in this dual process. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's really interesting to see what the big guys can produce, and and yeah. even some of the the bigger craft guys.
1: Well, to their credit, too, sometimes it's not just this evil machine. A lot of times, what they do is they just do what you're doing, but then they. They do it tenfold, so there Mm. still is individual batching and individual distillation. So it's just it's
4: just more production. Tanks are just yeah. yeah. I know, like
2: for example, I used to represent SIP Smith Gin. Yeah, and since I've since they first released in like 2010 or something like that they've now added three copper pot stills and right. they're in london yeah. so that's a good gin
3: also yeah
4: yeah and our, i mean for for our still we're thinking what it's a four to five you were saying growth? five years i think yeah. when we
3: bought it but, for our um,
4: volume expectations yeah
3: another thing too with the big guys is like plymouth navy strength yeah uh and plymouth gin are the same gin you just add more water <laughs> To you make know, Plymouth, to make it, yeah. Right. So like the craft, at least us, you know, completely different botanical recipe, things like that. Yeah. Back to the marketing side for a second. Um, mm-hmm. We were
2: talking about how to grow this gin, and you were before we were talking before we came online about how you just got entered into a festival over in London, or yeah, so, you've been accepted into gin foundries. So it well,
4: it's 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 really just kind of like any like wine enthusiast where you send your products and you just want to get a review. Okay, and and to to again know what they think um so Olivier's worked at uh or he's like a gin consultant he's worked with most of the big brands Martins Miller Hendricks okay so he knows his gin and um he got back to us I guess early last summer and said he was really impressed with both of them uh and he said I'm going to write a review soon we're like well that's great you know because we didn't we just didn't know what he was going to think and then come to find out um USA Today reach out to, reaches out to us in July, and they're like, we need some some assets from you. And we're like, okay. Assets? You know, Meaning like, like, like media, right? <laughs> you know, they needed media assets, the, the photography and stuff. And we're like, okay, well, well sure. And you never know what's going to come out when media asks. Right. Um, and usually they're not going to tell you. So you just kind of send over some things, and you hope that you're going to get a good response when something goes live. And then the next thing we know is that USA Today was putting together the top 10 specific styles of just craft distilleries across the u.s and so they had gin they had whiskey specialty spirits and i don't know what they rum and vodka vodka. probably yeah and so we had olivier had nominated us to the top 20 list for the craft gin distillers in the u.s and then um that that we were floored by i mean we were with aviation we're with saint george spirits we're with big gin wow um you know just all of the 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 really amazing gin manufacturers and uh the next thing we know is we put the call out to durham and raleigh and we get to number one because it was a voting at that point and we were number one for a couple of weeks and then saint augustine distillery and we like them too we know them um they got to number one. They are a tourism. They have yeah. I think so the voting was open for three weeks three or weeks something. Or yeah. So yeah. yeah, but so we so we are officially the number two gin distillery in the U.S. According to USA Today. USA Today. That's, Today. that's huge. That's a huge. It's population. huge. Yeah. yeah, but that is Olivier, okay. and so Olivier then. Um, he, so what they put on, Gin Foundry puts on every year is called Junapalooza. Junapalooza is the largest consumer and trade gin event in the world. It happens in London in June to line up with World Gin Day. Mm. And only 40 gin distillers are invited to be able to go. And he reached out to us in January. And so we are one of the forty. Wow, that should be yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. And he hasn't announced all of them yet. So uh, if you follow Gin Foundry on Instagram and, and Facebook, they're starting to announce the gins as they go through. Um, and so we haven't been announced yet, but it, it's really cool to see who we're with. I mean, we're with some really big names. Hot take
2: right here on the NCFB. <laughs> so we're just
4: we're really excited because that means Lee and I are going to to England. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, if you're listening to this right now and you want to link to what. Melissa is talking about, just click on the image on your phone of our podcast and it'll flip, click and it'll flip to uh, our show notes and there'll be clickable mm-hmm. links to things and we will have a link where you can just click straight to it and then you'll get to see exactly what what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah,
2: that's
4: great.
1: great. Awesome.
2: Well, I did want to mention that you guys are not only in USA Today, now Gin Foundry, BevCom, but if you want to read more about you guys, check out um, the Huffington Post, which you've been written right, about yeah. and Cranes. So both pretty prestigious publications that have been written about the Dur- you and the Durham Distillery.
4: Yeah, and I got on. I was one of the female distillers in fast company too.
1: So we have we have homework out there though. We need to, as bartenders, as restaurateurs, as owners, and as avid gin drinkers, to not just order this gin and drink it yourself, but let's talk about it. Let's retweet when we see it on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Let's tell our friends that are in other states like. All my buddies in Los Angeles, in Northern California, Matt's buddies in New York, it is a word-of-mouth thing. It does get it out there, and maybe not even just for Durham Distillery, but anything that you actually like. Your voice does change things, and buyers can bring things on, and this is how you support small business. So, Lee, you had a couple other things that you were working on.
3: Yes, yeah, so um, we talked a little about, bit about my recipe development. Well, I'm doing an event at the Durham Museum of Life and Science. Um, they do a Cocktails and Cosmonauts event, so it's a, a nighttime event for adults. Um,
1: Will Putin be there? Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's right. I think, yeah, I, I can't confirm or deny that. But, um, yeah, they do a, a VIP session. They asked me to host the VIP session, and what we're going to do is have I'm going to have everyone make their own gin. So I'm going to do wow. what, what I did for... These gins, and you're gonna have um, ten to twelve different botanicals that were individually distilled, and you could sit there and mix and make your own gin, and then enjoy it in a gin and tonic like you guys have. That's very cool. Tonight, when is so. that? So that'll be April 20th. Um, just search uh, Durham 420, bro. That's yeah, right. Um, yeah. So it's uh, Durham Museum of Life and Science. You guys just go to their website. They have an adults uh, event page. But uh, and, yeah, and the other thing.
4: The day. It's not yeah. when the kids are there. The other yeah. thing
3: I'll give you guys an exclusive on is our next product besides the cucumber vodka is we're gonna do a barrel rested gin. Okay. So we're gonna source some barrels from Buffalo uh, Buffalo Trace. And um, wow. we'll do a bourbon mm-hmm. barrel rested gin. So I brought all my stuff home to start the recipe development again. So, Very
4: so we're hoping cool. to launch that. Yeah. Assuming everything goes well, that will launch this year.
1: Well, wow, so many fun things Absolutely. coming out there. Yeah. We're gonna have gin soaked. Holidays and or gin soaked summers. <laughs> what well, could be
2: bad about that? Well, yeah. with you being
4: a bourbon drinker, I think, yeah, be right up your
1: alley. Yeah. Well, yeah. now we're entering uh gin season, as I like to say it. Mm-hmm. Spring, summer, and then oh, fall yeah. and winter. Who are we kidding? <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, well, Melissa Lee, thank you so much for coming on in, Matt. Anything you'd like to say?
2: Well, this has been inspirational. Your guys' story is great, and your product is great. So, thank you for thank being you. here. Thanks for having us. And yeah. eat and drink merrily, everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Cheers.
0: Join us next week when we chat with Executive Chef Owner at Brine House Meat and Provisions, Stephen Goff. That's next time here on the NCFNB podcast.